You're listening to On Attachment, a place to learn about how attachment shapes the way we experience relationships and where you'll gain the guidance, knowledge, and practical tools to overcome insecurity and build healthy, thriving relationships. I'm your host, relationship coach, Stephanie Rigg, and I'm really glad you're here. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of On Attachment. Today's episode is a Q&A and I'm answering the question, we've been together a year and I've just seen he's still using Tinder. Can trust be rebuilt? So this is a big one and whoever's question this was, I got this one via Instagram. I'm sending you out a lot of love because obviously that's a pretty shitty situation to be in. So I'm going to be diving into that, you know, can trust be rebuilt and the circumstances under which you might want or not want to go through that process with someone, some questions to ask yourself, some things to look out for and some guiding principles in my mind on how to make that decision and how to embark on that process together. Before I dive into that, I just wanted to share the featured review which says, tell everyone you know, Stephanie's the voice you've been looking for. She's distilled the weightiness of attachment theory into easy to digest chunks that can be applied to real life immediately. Though I previously felt I understood attachment, I was operating with an incomplete image. For the first time, I not only know my attachment style, but what I can do about it to connect and empathize more deeply with those I care about. And honestly, I would listen just for her voice, more regulating than any meditation I know. I've told everyone I know about this podcast, and I think you will too. It's truly important work, and Stephanie brings wonderful clarity and compassion to this project. Thank you so much for that lovely review. I really do appreciate it, and I appreciate you sharing with the people in your life. Word of mouth goes such a long way for those of us, you know, putting our work out into the world and and trying to build small businesses. So I really do appreciate it so much. If that was your review, if you could just send an email to podcast at stephanierig.com and my team will set you up with free access to one of my masterclasses as a way to say thank you. Another quick announcement is just to let you know that I'm running a flash sale on all of my masterclasses and my higher love course. So you're able to save 50%, which is the biggest discount I've ever given on these with the code LOVEYOU, L-O-V-E-Y-O-U, one word. That includes my Better Boundaries Masterclass, Sex and Attachment, How to Navigate Anxious Avoidant Relationships. Those three are all recordings of live masterclasses that I ran late last year. They're about two hours each. Uh, And also my Higher Love course, which is a breakup course. It's six modules. It's very comprehensive and equips you with everything that you need to get through a breakup and emerge stronger and more confident and more sure of yourself. So all of those are really great options. And as I said, those are the lowest prices that I've ever offered those for. So if you've been thinking about going deeper with my work, now is a really good time to do that. Okay. So let's dive into this question of can trust be rebuilt? after an infidelity, uh, after a betrayal, in this case, having been together for a year and finding out that your partner is still on Tinder. So I think there are a couple of threshold issues here. Obviously the first one is not can trust be rebuilt, but do I want to rebuild trust? The reality is that unfortunately betrayal, infidelity, dishonesty in relationships is is shockingly common. 
Uh, and unfortunately, it's, it's something that many of us will have to deal with if we haven't already through the course of our lives and relationships. I think what that means is that in reality, a lot of people do stay together and work through breaches of trust, betrayal, infidelity, and it can be done. I, I very much believe that it can be done. But I think we also have to be really clear about what that rebuilding process takes because it takes a lot. Uh, And in your case, you've been together for a year and if your partner has been on Tinder that whole time that you've been together, query whether that is a breach of trust that you want to be working through. And, you know, I, I say that with curiosity for you uh, and not knowing any more about the situation than what was included in the question. You know, some of the things I'd be looking for personally are, you know, what's the, what's the context for this? What's the explanation? You know, did you discover that by sort of seeing the app on their phone? You know, what have you confronted him about it? And if so, what is his explanation? Is he apologetic? Uh, Has he shed any light on why he decided to do that and and what that's actually led to, whether he's been meeting up with people, whether he's been sleeping with people, uh, all of these things, I think we need to understand the gravity of the situation. I think one of the most important things to be considering when thinking about going through that repair process after infidelity is how much responsibility is this person taking? And if their response is to explain, to justify, to defend, to minimize, to downplay the severity of that, to come up with reasons why it's not that bad, that would be a red flag for me. That would be something that would signal to me, they're not really taking this seriously. Uh, They're not going to be willing to put in the work that it's going to take to rebuild trust here. And the work that it will take will be big. The reality is that the person who has done that, who has breached trust, has to go over and above to repair. They have to own their mistake. They have to own the consequences of their poor decision and the pain that they've caused. So they have to be willing to maybe sacrifice some freedoms and some privacy and they have to bear the consequences of you not trusting them for a while because that is the natural consequence of their behavior. So if that means that you are uncomfortable with certain things, if you're suspicious, if you want lots of details and you want transparency, I think that they need to be open to those conversations and they need to really realize that It's not status quo, you know, it's not ordinary course kind of boundaries and negotiation that, you know, they might not get as much privacy for a period of time because they've lost that right to privacy on account of their behavior. And it's really on them to help you to be able to trust them again. I think a lot of people are hard on themselves and go, oh, I have trust issues because I was cheated on uh, and that's a me problem. Yes and no, right? Like we can do our own work around that, but a lot of it is going to be on the other person to help you to feel safe again, to ask you, what would you need from me by way of 
you know, behavior, actions, reassurance, accountability in order to know that this isn't going to happen again and that you can trust me. And that needs to be a process that's really led by them. It shouldn't be coming from you, uh, you know, you being the one that's leading the charge on, on rebuilding the trust. I think they've got to, again, take ownership and responsibility for the harm that they've caused and be the one to lead that process. So I'd be looking for signs of responsibility taking, signs for acknowledgement of the gravity of what they've done and willingness to engage, to talk about it, to repair. And that takes a lot, right? That's not an easy thing to do because I'm sure that they feel, well, most people would feel a lot of shame and guilt and we tend to shy away from things that leave us, you know, in a shame and guilt spiral. That's not nice for anyone to have to sit with and to have to look at the impact that our poor choices have had. The shame that comes with that is not comfortable. And so it's going to take a level of emotional maturity on their part to be with their own guilt and shame around what they've done rather than to shy away from it, to dismiss it, to not want to talk about it. Because I think for a lot of people, that's what happens. They just don't want to talk about it. You know, they say things like, can't we just move on? Can't we just start fresh? And while we can understand why they would want that, it's really not sensitive to the other person's experience who has been betrayed, who has had this real breach of trust and all of the pain and hurt that comes with that. So I hope that that gives you something to work with and to think about, things to look for in their response. And I I guess the, the hard truth is in the absence of those things, in the absence of this person taking responsibility and being willing to go above and beyond to repair and to sacrifice certain things in order to support you in getting back to a place of trust and safety, then it may be that they're not really ready to be in that kind of relationship. And the the hard truth is that it may happen again, because if they're not really engaging with the severity and the magnitude of what they've done, and if they're not willing to face their guilt and shame, they're not willing to do the work to inquire around, you know, why did I do that? What drove me to think that that was okay? All of these patterns, you know, so much of the time, infidelity is driven by our own shadow and our own demons. And if someone's not willing to look inside and go, why did I do that? Uh, What drove me to do that? What's going on for me that compelled me to behave in that way? Then there's a good chance that it will continue to happen. Because as I said, I think, you know, so often infidelity is is driven by our own woundedness. And so until they're ready to do the work there, there's a good chance that that will continue to happen. As I said at the start, I'm sending you so much love. It's not a nice situation to be in. It's painful. It's hard. It's confusing. But I hope that this has given you something to sit with and some support. And I think the most important thing for you is to honor yourself here honor what you need and try not to agree to something less than what you truly need to rebuild trust just for the sake of holding on to the relationship, because that's ultimately going to work against you in the long run uh, and is going to cause you more hurt and pain in the long term. So try and stand your ground, try and honor yourself 
get really clear around what you would need. And then if this person's not able to meet you there, then maybe it's not a relationship worth persisting in and pursuing. I hope that this has been helpful for you, the question asker, and for anyone else listening who has wondered about rebuilding trust or has faced a similar situation of infidelity. If it has been helpful, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a rating, a review. Uh, As always, it's much appreciated. Otherwise, I will see you again next week. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks for joining me for this episode of On Attachment. If you want to go deeper on all things attachment, love, and relationships, you can find me on Instagram at stephanie underscore underscore rig or at stephanierig.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, I'd be so grateful if you could leave a review and a five-star rating. It really does help so much. Thanks again for being here and I hope to see you again soon.